listening to The Mindful Creative, the podcast about emotional health for creative wealth. Brought to you by Creatives for Creatives, this podcast was founded on the belief that looking after our emotional health and mindset brings us a wealth of creativity and joy in our creative pursuits. Welcome, my fellow creative, to episode seven of The Mindful Creative. This episode is about the power of community in overcoming loneliness, the steps you can take to find the right community with Natalie Frank, the co-founder of the Rising Tide Society. For seven years, Natalie's had the privilege of building a photography business from the ground up and capturing love stories that would make me tear up at the drop of a hat. Seeing couples in love and documenting the power of relationships sparked an interest to better understand the power of connection and danger of isolation. Along Natalie's journey, she asked herself, how can we spend every day surrounded by constant chatter, likes and comments, but feel so unbelievably alone? Through technology, we're connected to one another like never before. However, we are also deeply disconnected. Her passion for the idea of community over competition led to her co-founding the Rising Tide Society, which also focuses on building communities locally and transforming not only the creative industry, but also the world. In this episode, Natalie and I are going to explore just how important it is to find the right community to create your entrepreneurial journey and that we as humans crave this personal connection. If you want to connect with Natalie or the Rising Tide Society, you can head over to nataliefrank.com or therisingtidesociety.com and also be a part of their awesome communities on Instagram at Natalie Frank and the Rising Tide Society. Natalie, thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. Thank you so much for having me. So I just want to um, touch base with you, a few of our listeners who may not know you yet. What do you do um, creatively in your business or your life? So I'm a photographer by trade. I photographed weddings for eight years full time. And now I've kind of made this transition from educator or from entrepreneur, I'm sorry, to educator. Um, So I do a lot of um, writing now, community building, blogging, things like that, but started and will always be a photographer at heart. Yeah. So when you say that you are like moving into the education, is that about photography or is it like entrepreneurial um, businesses or in like a nutshell? So it's business at large. I think it's primarily mobilization marketing. It's something I'm really passionate about. Um, I love understanding what uh, sort of gathers people together to mobilize and move forward, whether it's around a brand or a business or a cause that they care about. And so I, you know, help to educate creative entrepreneurs on how to do that in the current digital landscape and ultimately how to, to build businesses that also make an impact. So amazing. Yeah. yeah I love that mm-hmm. businesses that make an impact um, because it is, you know, a lot of people are doing some really amazing stuff and have a lot of great ideas. Um, so we're going to chat about community over competition, which is what you're really big on. So you're from the Rising Tide Society as well. So it's a hugely successful community that you've helped nurture um, through your passion of community over competition. So people could look at your success and think, you know, that you've always had your shit together. So in your early entrepreneurial journey, what was your mindset at the time? Oh, man. So early on, I think that, you know, I just... I felt very much alone. Uh, really early in the journey, I did. I, I felt sort of like 
I was the only one. I didn't have a strong group, a strong community around my business. And it was so easy to get lost in comparison and sort of overanalyze the online landscape and feel like, wow, well, you know, why should I even try? Um, you know, there are so many other people doing this so much better than I am, and I'm never going to be where they are and sort of, you know, falling down that rabbit hole of criticizing myself and just honestly really struggling. Um, and so that really did take up a lot of the early years and, and it's still something honestly that I struggle with today. I think it's very human. I think it's very natural to look at, um, you know, the field and what's out there and, and compare yourself. And so, you know, saying that I have all my stuff together, definitely not the case, um, at all by any means, <laughs> anyone who, anyone who follows me on Instagram stories will know, uh, that I very much do not fall into that category, but, I, I do think it's it's easy sometimes to to uh, perceive stuff like that about each other, right? When we're we're on social oh, media absolutely. and the curated squares. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's important to just touch on that because what you necessarily see online is not always reality. Like it's not the full picture of of what's no. going on. And so, how long do you do you say that you felt like that? Was it you know from the start of your journey? Was it you know, a couple of years. Cause I find when yeah. you really look into somebody who is successful and I've got my fingers up quote unquote is, you know, they're not an overnight success. They, they no. have actually Mm-mm. been building that for years. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I love that. I always say, you know, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Like that's Absolutely. literally like, yeah. it feels that way. Right. Like everyone I know who people say to me, Oh, she came out of nowhere. I'm like, she didn't come out of nowhere. She's been grinding and working hard for like six years, seven years. So no, I I think it definitely affected um, the early years, probably years like one to three, the worst. Um, But as I kind of grew into my business, it's a lot like growing up. You know, I often use the metaphor of like, you have your awkward teenage years where you just are gangly. You don't really know what to do. You don't really, (laughs) you know, like that was like year three for me in business, year Mm. two and three probably. And then you grow up and you become a little more confident and you ultimately really develop and and find your voice and find your brand and your identity. And so it definitely took a while. And I, I anyone who's listening to this, if you're still feeling sort of out of sorts, like you don't know what your brand voice is, you don't know how to overcome uh, comparison and, and things like that. Like you're you're gaining tools every day. You're you're adding to your toolkit every single day that you show up and you work hard. And um, you know, with time, you'll you'll develop into, into a better business owner. And, and the minute you stop, right, the minute you stop learning, the minute you stop developing and growing as a business owner, something's wrong. Like that, that's not a good sign. I, I, even 20 years in, my hope is that as an entrepreneur, I'm still learning new things every day. And I think it takes practice as well. Like I know that I've learned things and I've overcome them, but sometimes they will show up again and I get into a space where I'm like, oh, I can't do this again. And then it's like, well, you have done it in the past. You just have to have trust and faith that you do know how to do that. So it's constantly, you know, bringing it back and putting it into, into practice in your daily journey. You know, when you were feeling like that, you know, this is overwhelming and there's people that are better than me. Did you feel like it was very up and down? So for me, I think, Mm -hmm. There's days where I'm just rocking it and I'm just like, wow, I'm, I'm so good at this. You know, I'm just taking things in my stride. I'm just, you know, I'm just testing things. And if people don't like this or don't like that, it's okay. And then other days it totally crumbles and it's just like up and down, up and down. 
Yeah. I mean, some days I shower and some days I don't even shower. So like, yeah, it is the yeah. full spectrum of that. But no, I think that's natural. I think the roller coaster of entrepreneurship is a great way to think of it. You know, there are going to be days where you're crushing it and you're, you're succeeding and you're getting the emails you want to receive from clients. You're, you know, getting access to amazing podcasts like this. Like you're going to have great days. And then other days you're not going to even remember to shower. Everything's going to fall apart. Um, you're going to fall into the trap of maybe looking at other people on Instagram and wondering why your engagement has completely gone down the toilet. Thank you, algorithm. So like yeah. <laughs> whatever it is, um, I think you just have to learn to embrace the messy moments and just embrace the struggle of it all and just be willing to honestly like have perseverance and have a little bit of grit and refuse to let that truly affect um like the deepest, most layers of yourself. You have to really guard your heart in entrepreneurship. It is not for the faint of heart, but if you're a creative, Definitely. you're not the faint of heart, right? Like you're not, you're, you're, you're strong and you're bold and you're doing something really brave by putting a creative piece of work or, um, you know, conversation out there. And, and so I think you're equipped. It's just, it's not letting it get to you. Yeah. And I think both of those things are always a part of the journey like you don't get one without the other so we can definitely glamorize the the beautiful things and the things that are working but they really are part and parcel of the journey so for you when did you realize that you know you weren't the only one experiences because I know in you know when you're working for yourself and you're you just with you and your computer or you and your camera, there's a lot of times where you can, you've got tunnel vision and you can only see what you're experiencing. And you just think, because it's something, it's something must be wrong with you or you're doing it wrong. And you don't necessarily have people in the early stages to reach out to, to say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. And for them to be like, you know, that's normal. Right. Right. So for me, I think I realized I wasn't the only one going through this when I started to build that community. So when I started to actually sit down with other creatives and talk about business, talk about what was going on, um, get vulnerable, honestly, like vulnerability, allowing that in my life and, and striving to continue to grow in that. Um, it's a muscle, like being vulnerable is a muscle. If you work on it, you get better at it. It gets stronger. Uh, and I think for me, that's, that's really where things changed when I stopped trying to be perfect and protect myself all the time and, you know, just live in, in my bubble. And, um, I love how you describe it like tunnel vision. I think that is so, uh, spot on. It's, it's when I sat down and I acknowledged the fact that I was struggling, that I sometimes felt lonely or I felt like I wasn't enough or, um, you know, I, I criticized myself, whatever it is, you know, I, I sat down with other people and I think building that community, Ultimately, it really led to the type of dialogue and the type of conversation that uh, reshaped my perception of what this industry could be and, and what life really could like look like as an entrepreneur. So being vulnerable, you were attracting people who were feeling the same thing? I think that, you know, it, it might be, it might be sort of law of attraction, um, but I also think that it was just tearing down the walls I think, you know, really what I realized was if I failed to acknowledge the fact that I was a human being and that this was very hard, running a business was very hard, and I didn't allow a little bit of um, transparency behind the scenes, then I was ultimately acknowledging that I, my life would stay that way, right? Like if I wasn't willing to change, nothing was going to change in my life. And so 
by doing that, by being more vulnerable, yes, I think I attracted um, the right type of people into my life that were willing to share their their struggles as well and, and kind of create that sort of safer space for us to, to have conversations. But I also think that it just shattered this need for, for me to feel like I had to live up to something. Like the minute I was willing to say, oh, I'm not perfect and I have all of these flaws and some days I don't even like getting up and, and showing up as an entrepreneur. It's yeah. hard. Like it the minute hard, I was yeah. willing to say that, you know, it changed everything because I wasn't trying to pretend like that wasn't the reality. I wasn't trying to convince myself that I had to be perfect. And there is so much power and not trying to be perfect. perfect. Like there is so much power in just being you. And I just had a thought then of, you know, when you're spending so much time trying to be perfect or trying yep. to hold down the feelings that potentially you, because you're so focused on that, you're missing seeing what's in front of you. So mm -hmm. do you think it's possible that you missed, like prior to that you were not able to see this community out there that you could connect with because you were so busy trying to put in this front of, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm perfect, I have to do everything, I have to be everything to everyone. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that ultimately there are tens of thousands of creative communities across the world. I see them every day. I see new ones every day. Um, and I do, I think it's mindset. I think you ultimately like, okay, so I describe it a lot. Like uh, when you're learning to throw a football or you're learning a golf swing and they say like, wherever your head is focused, that is the direction the ball, the ball. is going. I love that. That's yes. great. Yeah. So it's the same way with business. Like if you are, you know, looking, um, for the good in the world, if you're looking forward towards, you know, success for you and for your colleagues, which I always, I say, we're colleagues, we're not competition. Like we're a community, we're moving forward together. If you're looking in, in the right direction, you're going to walk that way. You're going to actually, you know, start to move that way. But it's, it's when we look, um, inward and we look at our own flaws and we struggle with that, um, that I think we fail to go anywhere, you know, and, and, for me, it was about focusing. I do agree. I think that that's a really important point for anyone listening is, you know, what are you spending your time really thinking about? Are you worrying about the Instagram algorithm and your engagement tanking and focusing on, on, you know, what you don't like about your business or are you trying something new? Are you building an email list? Are you meeting with creatives offline? Like take that energy. It's energy either way, right? It's energy, yeah, it's if energy you're either way or it's energy if you're striving, you know? So let's talk about the Rising Thai Society a little bit because that's it's such it's really needed in this space and, and I think it's an amazing um, you know uh, community. So if you could just talk to us a little bit about you know why you started that and how that tied into you know your journey from mindset and finding out that you weren't the only person who was feeling this way. Yeah, so I often tell the story that the Rising Tide Society was born out of a glass of wine or like a whole bottle, maybe like three bottles. I, it was a lot of wine involved in the creation of RTS. Um, but, you know, surrounded by two amazing co-founders and my husband, we just had one of these honest conversations that I talk about, you know, over that, that bottle of wine. And we just started to talk about the struggles of entrepreneurship and realizing that we just didn't want to continue living in silos. We wanted something different. And so the Rising Tide Society was born out of that. It started as just a coffee meetup in my small town of Annapolis, Maryland. And within a month um, of that first meetup, we had 12 friends up and down the eastern seaboard of the United States that wanted to start those meetings too. And it grew from there. And so it went from 12 to over 100 in three months. And, and now we have 400 meetings, just over 400 meetings happening in the United States, Canada, and around the world. That's so incredible. 
That is so incredible. Um, And I think it's amazing that, you know, it just started to grow because obviously, you know, it was so authentic and touched a lot of people that they just couldn't wait to be a part of that. So it's, it's something that I see needed a lot more, like people being able to fulfill, you know, and be honest and authentic about what's going on for them. Um, And so why do you think that the Rising Tide Society is so important to make our world a better place? Because you talk a lot about um, community over competition. Mm -hmm. No, I, I mean, I think ultimately it's making the world a better place for creatives because it is acknowledging the fact that we need to put people first, not just in real life, but in business. Like when we show up for business, we need to put our our clients first. We need to put other creatives first. We need to really be looking at ways to support one another. And, um, I think that ultimately when we do that, we are creating the type of environment that future generations of creatives can be really proud to step into. I often think about that. I think not just about our current um, climate, but I think more about, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, if there's a young girl growing up in Australia or growing up in the United States or in Canada, and she raises her hand and she says, I want to be a creative entrepreneur. What does that life look like for her? I think about that a lot. And um, I really believe that through groups like the Rising Tide Society and, and movements like Community Over Competition, we are planting the seeds for for that future growth that will ultimately um, make it better, make it better for her to step into into an environment where she's really valued and can rely on people and can trust in her community. And so, what does that look like in term, when you say better? Can you give mm-hmm. us some like tangible things that you would love to see yeah. that you know we're not doing yeah. um, currently that would make people's lives better and ultimately a better you know marketplace for creatives. Yes. I mean, I think a local meeting in every city, um, whether it's Rising Tide or another community, like a local place to actually sit down and sit with other people going through the same thing that you are so that you can actually look at each other. You can empathize with other human beings, the screen and computers and technology. It's great. It's allowing us to do this interview. It's allowing us to connect and, you know, chat, but it's not the same as human interaction. And I don't believe it will ever replace it. And so for me, it comes back to that Um, education. I think education is huge. Having access to you know, the latest changes in social media, in marketing, in business, like being able to have access to that and it not being a guarded secret and not being something that people refuse to talk about. I think that that'll change the game. And then just general empowerment, I think through anything from, um, you know, the ability to sit down with people and have a mentor or have um, a mastermind group or something of that nature. Um, those would be more more tangible things that Rising Tide is working on that ultimately I do believe will make it better. Yeah, that's just, that's great. And I I know for myself, I, I, I watch a lot of webinars on business or mindset. Um, and it's really beautiful to see, you know, people's faces and chatting. It's mm-hmm. different to a blog post. And I find myself like really um, attracted to that kind of stuff. And I'll, I'll just share a little bit like I – just prior to um, interviewing Natalie, Natalie showed up on a, um, a summit. And so I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like I'm, I'm interviewing with Natalie and, and I get to see her. But it's a completely different thing to like even just, you know, Skyping with you now. Like it's more face-to-face than, than you on a video. Um, right. Just getting that interaction and bringing it back to that human level. And I, I do worry, you know, that we spend, you know, my husband and I – we're, we're both trying to build businesses and we spend a lot of time, you know, on the computer or Instagram and stuff. And sometimes I think, you know, we're in this same room together, but we're not there. 
yes. know, and just being with somebody. And that's why I'm really excited for some um, one-on-one, like, in-person workshops that I'm teaching because it's completely different to be able to interact in that space um, rather than doing everything online and I and I know that's where the world is shifting but it's sort of like what you're doing is like how can we bring back that human element which yes. I think I mean, is really I think the, what's needed mm-hmm. no absolutely I think the world will continue to shift in that direction in terms of technology you know connecting us in a different way but I still I think that as human beings, we are, you know, literally we are created to be social animals. And when the the type of the context around what it means to be social changes, our brain hasn't evolved to keep up with that. Like our brain oh, literally has not, not evolved yeah. a lot in a hundred thousand years, but look at the the scope and the change of humanity in a hundred thousand years. So I, I think that ultimately we have to remember, you know, if being online and having a thousand followers on Facebook isn't making you happy. Well, that might be because you are really craving 10 good relationships instead. And I think we just need to really be intentional um, about kind of following through on real life relationships. I, and I definitely think that's a great point because, you know, a lot of people, you know, Instagram's the, the big thing that you want, you know, you want the K next to it. So you want, ten, you right. know, I'm not going to be happy until I get 10,000 followers and then you get there and you're not happy and you're like oh it must be 100 I'll get to 100 and I'll be happy and then I'll be happy and it it never happens (laughs) um and that's interesting because we were just chatting before um we jumped on the the interview about you know when I did my first episode about six months ago as to now um Instagram has changed so much and like the mindset and the way people are feeling and it's just in the news a lot about you know, it's the most damaging social media tool. And I know there's a lot of people out there who are trying to um, build something positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people, it's just a lot of people are shifting to Instagram right now. And, you know, I've been in that lonely space of trying to build a brand and being on my own. And I think what I'm like in high insight now is being able to connect with the right kind of people. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd love for you to share with our listeners today you know, why is it important to find the right community? And do you have some tips to finding to how you find that right community? Oh, absolutely. So there's an old, old, old quote that I I don't even know if there's any specific author that said it, but it's the concept of, you know, you are a combination of the people you spend the most time with, right? Like everyone knows this quote. It's this idea that if you average out the five people to 10 people that you spend um, time with, you are, you know, um, very much in, in that same, same realm. And the reality is with a community, if you're surrounding yourself with negative voices, if you're surrounding yourself with people that are, um, overly critical without being constructive with voices that tear other professionals down, um, you know, ultimately what you're doing is you are making that your worldview, you are circling um, around your, or encircling around your business and your life, that mentality, that negativity. Whereas if you find a community that is supportive, a community that genuinely um, shares information with one another, that strives to help one another, when the Instagram algorithm changes, there isn't this secret around, oh, I figured out how to break it, but I'm not telling anyone. Instead, it's like, guys, I think this might work. Let's try this. Like Together, we can figure out if, if this will help our businesses. You are much better suited Uh, to embrace and to tackle the hurdles that are natural with entrepreneurship. And when you do face burdens, you don't face them alone. Uh, You can divide those burdens amidst the right people. Uh, And how to find them, honestly, I think it comes down to core values. 
I think it really comes down to your purpose. I think it comes down to identifying, look, this is who I am and this is what I believe and this is what I need right now in my business in this season. And it might be something different two years from now. It might be something different four or five years from now in terms of the community that you really embrace. But I do think if they don't have the core values, it doesn't matter what they're teaching. It doesn't matter how much information they're giving. Um, it's just not going to align with your greater purpose and you're going to not find uh, the type of relationships that you need ultimately. So I would say core values combined with what you need for your business. If you can find something that aligns with both, you're in a really good place. Yeah, that's great advice. And, and what do you think about, you know, if you if we look at Instagram again, if you are trying mm-hmm. to befriend like top influencers on the platform, you know, people that have a lot of followers with the mindset that, you know, if they like you and respond to you and interact with you, that you're worthy. So I, I, I worry or I wonder, I mean, I don't know if worry is the way, but I wonder if people think that, you know, if so-and-so who has 200,000 followers and is really successful, if they like me, then I'll be worthy as opposed uh. to finding people who are just pe- like, we're all people, whether you have one follower yes. or a million followers, like we're still people and no one is better than anybody else. But there's this trend at the moment that, you know, I need yeah. to have all these people that are top influencers, like liking my stuff. It's validation. It's the, it's the need for validation. And what's so heartbreaking, I had someone um, send me a direct message probably about a month ago and this person, so I don't know if you're familiar, but I'm sure, I'm sure you are. And a lot of people are, if, if you, if someone messages you who you're not following, it goes into this other folder. It goes yeah, into this like, like a request. Folder, right? yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I've, I, at one point had so many in there I I, like to the point where they just, I guess they disappear after a while. Like I had so many in there that there was no way for me to even clear it out. And, um, fast forward a month ago, I had somebody reach out to me and say, you know, when I reached out to you six months ago and you never responded, I was absolutely heartbroken. Oh no. Yes. Get ready for this. And then they're like, they're like, but it made me stronger. And they wrote this long, long, long message to me. And I felt kind of like a jerk, but I responded back and I was like, like to this person, I was like, oh my gosh. I didn't even see your message. So like we all assume we're looking for this validation from someone else when in reality, like, you know, you said we're all human. I'm a human. I cannot keep up with the number of people that every day email me, message me, call me, DM me. There is no way it's not, it's not possible. And I will not hold my myself to a standard of perfection. I just won't. Um, like we talked about earlier. And so when people come and look to someone like me or to, you know, an, an influencer and, and look for their own validation in that person, um, they're failing to see that I'm just as imperfect as they are. I am struggling just as much as they are. Any influencer that you meet may look like they have their stuff together. They don't. They're a human being behind the scenes. Yeah. Like they cry the same tears. They wake up and feel inadequate. <laughs> they look at the person with a million followers and feel like they're not keeping oh, up. Oh, yeah. It's always that, you know, that figure keeps moving for sure. Yeah. So we just can't do that to each other. We can't look for validation in each other's responses. We have to find that worth within ourselves and know that it's not connected to the number of followers we have or the number of likes we get. That pleasure center of the brain, it may be igniting every time someone likes your photo, but that does not equate to your worth. That has no correlation with how valuable you are to this world. Uh, And I just think we cannot lose sight of that. Yeah. So coming back to the core values is a really good way to be able to find that community that's right for you no matter what is happening in social media and what the changes are if you come back to those core values um, and just connect with those people who really elevate you you know who are going to lift you up with them which is what the rising tide society like you know like 
all the boats rise together. So, yeah, that's really cool. And I, I like the fact that you've shared that with me because, you know, I've made I've made that as well. Like I've reached out to people who have a million followers just to, you know, just to connect or whatever and you don't hear anything back and that is that little voice inside of you that's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's because you're not good enough and you don't yep. have as many followers as them. And so, you know, it is just coming back to the fact that we are all human and it's just not possible to be able to, you know, go through all those DMs and it actually means nothing mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Right. So. So we're talking about community and we know that it's really important. Um, Seeing how it's changing and evolving, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a really personal experience and obviously different for everybody. So for you, is there a resource that you can share that helped you overcome loneliness and find something greater in your journey? Yeah, so I think ultimately um, maybe where I would even kind of steer this is this idea of if you can't find a community. So let's say that you are someone that says, look, I want a community. I've been looking. I cannot find one. Um, a resource that really helped me, not just to find community, but to actually build it, was a book by Seth Godin. It's called Tribes. And it's one of my absolute favorite all-time books. I recommend it to everyone. Um, but in Tribes, Seth really talks about what makes a community. And it's the bare bones of it. Um, you know, one of my my mentors at, at HoneyBook now where I'm working is the global head of community at Airbnb. And he talks about this in so much detail. He actually wrote a book about cults, like literally communities and cults and like what brings people together. But Seth kind of takes it back a step. And he says, it's ultimately about connecting people um, to a leader, connecting them to an idea and connecting them to one another. And if you can do that, if you, for instance, are the leader or there's an org like Rising Tide that is the leader, um, an idea, community over competition. This is our mission. This is our purpose. And enabling people not just to be connected to you and the mission, but actually to build relationships with one another in the process, that is a, a true community. In his words, that's a tribe. Then you're you're on a really good path to success. And it is that simple. Um, at the end of the day, it could be a club that talks about cats. It could be a monthly coffee meeting that talks about motherhood and entrepreneurship. It could be a mastermind group of six women, you know, talking about um, how much they they want to write a book and then they're striving together to help each other and hold each other accountable to write a book. These are all communities and they're connected to something greater than themselves. And so that would be sort of a great resource to start if you're kind of curious about it or wondering how, you know, I built Rising Tide. I literally read Seth Godin's Tribes and then started putting it to action and it worked. So Yeah, and I, yeah. because it's authentic, I guess, is the, the biggest takeaway. And it's yes. again, not coming back to saying a community is successful if it's worldwide or if it's really big right. because I'm you know rising tide society didn't start out you know like bang the next day it was there and it was everywhere no. so it starts right. out you know with this authentic idea with the, the goal of connecting the right people and really being there for the community you know like the community doesn't work for you I guess you work for the community I love it yes <laughs> yeah absolutely amazing um and so is there like a, a takeaway that you want for people today, for listeners today who are feeling, you know, alone and, you know, that they've tried to find this community and it's just not working or they haven't found the right one? Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately what I want to leave you guys with is this just very basic concept that you can't do this alone. I mean, you can, but I don't want you to. You really need to surround yourself with people in your life um, who can lift you up, support you, encourage you, empower you, and even sometimes make you laugh because we all deserve to laugh every once in a while. 
And, you know, I think that if you're feeling alone, if you are feeling as though you are less than, if you're not worthy, whatever it is that you are telling, I would say the lies you are telling yourself, you know, you need to find people that can speak truth to you, that can really remind you of, of the value that you have inherently, that is not connected to social media, that is not connected to financial success. And, you know, that may start by checking out something like Rising Tide Society. It may be finding six people in your town that you want to get together with every month um, for coffee. It could be honestly, you know, connecting with someone online and trying to take that conversation offline if possible. It can be something small, but nonetheless, if you don't have a community right now, I, I want you to take away the fact that you need one and that there are so many good ones out there and you just have to have the courage to step up and ask to join or start your own. Yeah, great. I think that's beautiful. I, I like the fact that you said off, take it offline. Um, to me, if we're going to be defining success, which I don't know if I always love to do, but I think that is where that relationship becomes successful. Um, and I have mm-hmm. a few people who I've been able to do that with, and it's it's a savior, I think, in this, you know, when you're building your own business. You know, having someone who wants to spend time with you one-on-one, you know, that's yeah. it's a beautiful thing. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Natalie. That was very insightful. I know there's a lot of uh, beautiful one-liners for people to take away and being able to find define their core values and find their community. Thank you so much, Rachel. I really appreciate it. I want to thank Natalie for sharing her passion and values with us around community over competition. If you're really feeling like something is missing from your creative journey, then consider if it's finding the right community. Grab yourself a copy of Tribes by Seth Godin and see what comes up for you. If you'd like to connect with Natalie or the Rising Tide Society, then head on over to Instagram at Natalie Frank or the Rising Tide Society. That's it for this episode of The Mindful Creative. A big thanks to all of those creatives who make this podcast possible. And until we meet again, my friends, thanks for listening.